My name is Mandy Welskoff. I am from Cedar Hill, Texas. I have two beautiful children and my family lives close. And that's one of the most important things in my life. And as with so many other people is family and being close to family, being able to be there. I lived in my hometown for my whole life. I moved away for a while. I was in the military and had a lot of life experiences. The most troubling for me and the reason why I, I feel like I wanted to escape this world was the the idea of somebody suffering as they're dying. I was raised in a church to believe the same things that we were taught. Everybody here in South in Texas really is kind of a fear-based belief. And I you know, I'm still kind of discovering what that means for me. It's what do I believe about the Bible? I can't imagine and I couldn't imagine that any creator that's loving would allow their children to suffer, innocent children, animals, you name it, whatever, I, whatever I've seen suffer is to me, it doesn't make sense because if you're a loving God, why would you do those things? And I, I think it created a lot of anger and resentment. And I, I really felt like I wasn't fit for this world. It just, you know, I was abused by different people and it just didn't make sense. It was painful for me. So I, I feel like I, I wanted to run away, but it seemed like everything that I went through in any, any time of my life that was hard. And there was a lot from just parents that were, weren't equipped to be parents at the time. Like a lot of us are, <laughs> you kind of get, you give what you have, you get, um, so I just lost my train of thought. <laughs> Sorry. Um, being abused and being hurt by those who are supposed to be your leaders, and and that's it, it's it's a, it's a lot of people. It's and it's not anybody's fault. It just it is. You in my and for me, I I wanted to run away, so I turned to whatever would make me not be present. So I had a lot of brushes with death, even before I actually feel like I I did pass over. Uh, I drank and I did things to run away. And there were so many times where I should have died that I didn't. The, the 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 one that changed things for me that answered this question, this painful burning question of why would a loving creator allow us to die? And I, you know, I watched my grandmother die, one of the most important people in my life. I watched her die a, a terrible death. That just solidified my belief that this God that I've been taught about is how could he be how how could that be kind? So after I left the military, a lot of people suffered in the military and that's no secret. And I didn't miss that one. I had a hard time. I, I didn't know how to live and I didn't know how to live sober. And I, and I did, I finally got some help, kind of forced to get some help. And I ended up with a young lady that offered me somewhere to, 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 to stay. And it wasn't a great idea, um, but it was something that happened. I don't believe there are any accidents, especially now. Everything happens for a reason. So uh, we decided that we were we were gonna go 
and celebrate the 4th of July. This is after getting out of rehab. We go to Possum Kingdom Lake. It's me and her in, in a backpack and some snacks. And we, we meet these guys. And we start to party and get in a boat. And, and numerous things happen that evening. I am. Uh, at that point in my life, I did I just I didn't want to be around anymore. I didn't really care. I just had been through so much pain, and and now then, when I look back over all the times where I should have died and died, and all the things that happened, he was Peter was always there, always, never a moment where I was by myself, even when I was by myself. After a fist fight. <laughs> I'm sure um, that was my fault. I decided that I was going to go swimming, skinny dipping. I, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I remember walking at, from our campsite to use the restroom, and I walked over by the water, and I got into the water. I don't. I don't, I don't think that I gave up. I think that I was, I was so inebriated, I blacked out and I, I, I feel like I let myself go. I don't know if that's actually what happened, but I remember I could hear everything and I could see everything. I, I could see the water. I could see all the dirt in the water. But I kept going under and I and I looked up and I could see a, a utility light. It was there was a shoreline and there were two men sitting fishing. And I remember thinking, why aren't they helping me? And maybe they, they don't see me. They don't see me. And, I, and it feels like I looked at them and I was looking at that light for a really long time, but it was absolutely I, I was, I felt like I was breathing and, and I, I had absolutely no pain, no fear. I just remember looking up, seeing the light. And the next thing I knew, I felt a really terrible pain. It was one of the worst pains I've ever felt in my life. And I heard voices screaming at me, you know, cussing at me breathe, effing breathe, and, and with all these words, and they were, I think they were hitting me. They were slapping my face. They were pounding my chest, telling me to breathe. And I remember opening my eyes just a little bit. I remember they turned me over onto my side and some water came out. And for whatever reason, they turned me back over on my back and they were telling me to breathe. And I can't remember if I decided that I didn't want to. I really thought to myself, I don't want to breathe. But I tried to and I couldn't. So the next thing I know, I'm over my body. I'm over. I'm looking at myself. I see a black square. It was like I, it was like I was trying to leave. I was I was kind of like looking at it like I didn't really want to see it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, OK. Let's go. But I felt like there was somebody, a presence to my left, in which I still feel, that was making me look at it. 
And so I had to look and I looked and I saw people and I could describe the word the ambulance had backed up and there was the guys, they weren't, weren't in their chairs anymore. And there was the, the water, it was, I was watching it happen. And then I remember a period of where I was actually traveling. I felt like I was, I felt like I went up like this and I went this way, which was towards the hospital that they were taking me to. Mm -hmm. Felt like I was there for a while. And it, it, it also happened, it felt like it happened so fast. The next thing that I remember I was in this space. It wasn't even a, it wasn't a bright light. It was a, it was a, I was inside of something. I felt and it was like a pearl color. And again, the presence was with me on my, on this side. I don't know if, if it was a presence or not, but it was there. And I don't remember reaching out for something. I felt like I was going like this, like, you can't make me go back. I'm not, I, I decided that I don't want to do this anymore. It wasn't even like a, um, where's the rest of my family? It wasn't a, a, it wasn't my time. They weren't having it. It wasn't, it wasn't, I, I couldn't make them. And I say them, I, and I, I was raised to believe, you know, the, the, God died on the cross for our sins, or Jesus died on the cross for our sins, and I'm not saying that that's not true. There's so many possibilities. I, I, I'm learning. I, I do know that there is Creator, and I do know that for us to understand and for that to be relatable, He would have sent Jesus. So, I mean, that makes sense. I feel like it was them, like everybody that's passed before me. It was a whole bunch of people making me go back. And I didn't want to go back. I was really upset. I remember, I remember being there and wanting to stay. Nobody was talking to me. They were simply, it was almost like, nope, what, like, come on, like, ugh, like how you're so hard headed. And I remember waking up, I opened my eyes and my dad was sitting to my left and he was holding my hand. He was crying, and my my pastor from our church was standing at the back of the room, pacing the floor, praying. And there was a Catholic priest to my right with the Bible open and beads, his rosary, and he was praying and counting the beads. And they didn't notice. It was like they didn't see me wake up. It was like I opened my eyes, and they were all still doing what they were doing. And I had a chance to look around the room. And then they looked at me and I remember, I remember uh, going away again. I don't, I don't know where I went. Uh, it, it was another, I, I, I felt like I was in, in another room. I think I, I must have passed out again, or they must have uh, put me in a coma. That was like a waiting room. That was like a, a cold, like not cold, but bright, but like a waiting room. Like I was still trying to go back. Um, so my parents came and, and, you know, everybody who I know pretty much came to see me in whole high school. And 
they put me in another room out of the ICU into my own room. And the young lady that saved my life came to see me. And she looked at me as I'm, I'm sitting in the bed and she's walking in front of me. I don't remember her saying, well, hi, how are you? It was like a, I can't believe what I'm looking at. You're, you were dead. And how are you still here? Kind of thing. She was absolutely freaked out. And then I told her what happened. I told her what I saw. I described the scene to her. And she she started crying and she got up out of the chair and she ran out of the room. She didn't even walk. She ran. She couldn't handle it. And it was still kind of all hazy, but my biggest anger, resentment issue with, with God is allowing people to, to suffer. I wasn't scared. It didn't hurt. And it answered my question, my fear, my, what I don't understand about God, I understand now because he allowed me to go through it. That's what I got out of that experience. And we do go on. This isn't it. This is not our last destination. And since that experience, I, I, I am so much more aware of realms, dimensions, I'm able to feel different energies and it gives me hope and gives me a mind to continue my healing journey. It has changed my view of Christianity. And I, I, I would be so scared to say this before, but I know God. I know God. I'm, I'm, I, 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 don't, I don't call myself a Christian. I call myself a believer. So I feel like, and, and if I'm proven wrong, then I'm proven wrong, that that would be great. But I feel like our Bible that we are presented with is not the whole truth. Things were added to it to create this fear-based society that we would have to perform to earn a love that was given. We were created. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, I don't believe that, especially after um, my, the, my life has been full of just 100% miracles um, and a loving God that I know would not say to somebody, Hey, I created you that way, but you don't fit the standard that I made you in sin or not. I can't really speak to that for other people, but I can, I can say for myself that this experience and I, I got hit by an 18 wheeler going 70 miles an hour. I'm still here after so many brushes with death. It, it, it's just, it's, it's, it's comical at this point. Um, you can't tell me that you have to fit a mold to be loved. That's crazy. So my, my experience with this going in, in going to this next dimension is no understanding that if we can go to a next dimension, how could you say to somebody you're not worthy of love because you're a certain way. That that just, it doesn't make any sense to me. So people, people want to say Christianity is, to me Christianity is a 
it's made up by government. Like we've, we've taken what our God and split him into all these different things that we want him to be. All there is, is love. That's all. That's it. I mean, I've, I've, I've watched so many of these videos, these testimonies, and it's all true. It's there's, there's, it's changed my, my perspective. And I've been able to, um, since then do things that don't fit with the Bible, what I've experienced in my life. Love is love. There's also right and wrong. And I don't, you know, to me, Christianity is racist. It's racist. It's, it's exclusion. It's, uh, it's made up. I'm not saying the Bible's made up. I'm saying that the Bible has been manipulated. Things have been taken away to make it fit what whoever wants it to fit. I fell in love with with my God, sitting outside in the grass with bugs and nature. It never made sense. It never made sense to me, ever. And then, you know, in this area where I live, racism is, that's just, it's, it's a normal thing. Exclusion. I'm just thinking, that's ugly. I don't want to be a part of that. Like, so this experience and all the experiences I've had, the fact that I remember who I was in a past life, I remember being born. People might, I don't know who to tell this to, these things to. I tell these things to people and they're like, they look at me like I'm absolutely crazy, 100%. I have memories I can tell you when I was an infant. I remember before that, I have, I've had at least it's starting to come back to me more now of who I was. I even have a birthmark from how I died. I, I I just don't feel like this is something that I would just make up in my head. These things are coming back to me. I know this person's name, having dreams about this person, uh, obsessed with things that this person went through for some reason, just obsessed with these different things. Um, you can't tell me that we have one life and we die and we go to heaven, then that's it. We just go to heaven. We're just going to go and be there. This world is, is, this universe is endless. We are not the only planet. We are not the only humans, creatures. There's aliens. Come down and, and, and they mated with humans to create these giants. Like, there's so much. We don't know. And I never would have been able to share this with any with anybody but or you, I mean, I've shared it with a couple other people, but oh, and one of my good friends from Bible Church has also had the same awakening as I have. She asked me to do a reading on her, and I started getting images of her family members coming in like this. And I was asking her name, like th these names were coming to my head, and it was all her family members. I was like, who's this person? And then she would ask me something and I would say, a, a, a vision of what happened would come to my mind. And it was right. I would have, that's not talked about in the Bible. So hard, not hard for me. It's just, it's, it's shocking that I've been, I'm realizing how wrong it's, how wrong it's been, painfully wrong, what I've been taught. I did, I had never done it before. 
um, she asked me to do it. I just after my after I, after I got sober and started having after my all my near death experiences, however many I had at least four, I started questioning my religion, and I started noticing her posts on Facebook about all that stuff. And I just was I reached out to her. I was like, you have to help me. I don't know what to do. We went to Bible camp together, and I called and I, I cried and cried. We talked and talked. I was like, this can't be true. This can't be what life is. Can't be with all this nature. With it, just, it has to be different. And she was like, yeah, I understand where what you're what you're going through. And she's kind of been guiding me. I've been in school, so I haven't been able to read and do all the things that she suggested with ayahuasca. Um, I'm going to go do a retreat and just use some medicinal things to help unlock my brain. Um, it's that's what it's there for. So we were talking about that, just going back and forth. And, and she was like, would you mind doing a reading on me? And I, I'd never mentioned it. I'd never, I never tried it. I didn't, I didn't um, think I could do something like that, but I see things. I've, I, I can turn it off when I want to, if I don't really want to notice all the things that I'm seeing. Um, like for instance, when I moved into this house a few years ago, there were three spirits here. I've been able to manipulate some of the spirits and the good and the bad here. Um, I can tell when there's something here. I've, I've seen a couple things. I saw an old lady walking through my house and, uh, If I really want to see it, I can. It kind of scares me, so I try not to. That that part's I'm, I'm kind of slowly getting into it, not with any help organically. I'm not seeking anybody's guidance. I'm just letting it come to me how I feel like I should do it. And she was like, "Will you do a reading for me?" And I said, "Yes." And I call. It, I, I I had the phone and I was just sitting on my couch and it didn't. I didn't have to try to do it. I just started having images come into my mind and she was asking me questions and I was just, I was just kind of closing my eyes and, and these images would come in like a little slideshow and they would stay. And the first one was towards the back. So it would come this way so I could see everything like a little fold out storybook. And I saw this lady and she was sitting in a chair and she was holding her necklace like this and she had her hair pulled back and a V-neck shirt. And I was describing this lady to her. And I said, she's holding her necklace like this and she's rocking. And she says, that's me. And then it turned into her mom. And then her mom was pointing towards the back, the back bedroom. And we were in a house. She was sitting on a chair and she was kind of pointing backwards and she was talking to me. And I, I, I couldn't hear anything, but she was trying to tell me something was going on. And her, my friend suspected that her grandpa was sexually abusing her, her mom and, and, I think he was. I don't get to see that kind of, or I didn't get to see that bad part. I, there's certain things I, if I want to see, I guess in that experience, and I haven't had ex that experience since. I haven't had anybody ask me to do a reading, but she wanted to know who this person was. And I, everybody that came into my mind was a family member. She asked me what happened to her mom, and I could see a man, a blonde haired man going like this and putting something into her mouth. And she was like, oh my gosh, he took advantage of her. I knew it. I was like, okay. I could see her grandpa and, and what he was wearing. 
Um, not everything was accurate. I think I saw a gold chain, but that may just have been something that, I don't know, it wasn't significant to her, but everything else was like, I was like, who is this person? She's like, that's my sister. And then I closed my eyes and, and this girl popped into my, my mind. It was her cousin. She had blonde hair and she had it parted down the middle and she went like this and she was pulling her hair back and kind of shaking her head. And just by her doing that, I could tell what she was saying. She was talking to me without talking to me. This is telepathic. I don't know. Um, and then I started seeing her ancestors. And the initials were all right. I was like, who is the letter with O and, and you know, B or whoever. And she's like, this is, that's, you know, my aunt, my sister, my cousin. Very bizarre. I haven't done it since, so I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know if I'm afraid to do it again, but I'd be open to it for sure. When I was in, well, I got in my car accident. I was getting on the highway and this 18 wheeler was coming behind me and I got in front of him. He didn't like it. Um, and so I noticed that he was, I, I, I sped up to get away from him and I switched lanes all the way over to the left lane. I was going to just take off, but I figured that there was, I just couldn't do that. I wanted just to get off the highway because I, I knew he was going to hurt me. For this, this particular reason, I was really scared because this guy was flipping me off. I mean, he was mad, 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 mad. So mad, I pulled out my phone. I was like, I got to have a record of this, of what's about to happen. But I was only, I only managed to get a picture and I put my phone down. And I was like, okay, this is serious. And he came over into my lane. I noticed my car going off to the right. And he was over, he pushed me over into the grass. I was like, I'm just going to slam on my brakes and it'll stop. It'll stop the wreck. But he had come over too far and it was already touching my car when I slammed on my brakes. So it sent my car underneath his truck. So my whole under, my whole car, everything's underneath his back tires and he's dragging me down the highway at about 65, whatever, 70 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, everything got quiet. I couldn't hear anything and I, and I, I could only hear myself breathing. I could hear just like pieces of glass breaking and I felt my grandmother's presence. It was my grandmother's car and I felt her presence. And I said, I don't want to die today. Not today. I don't want to die today. I'd already survived that, that drowning and, but you know, I drank at, to the point where I was, it was toxic, um, uh, several times. And at that day I was like, please. And I felt something push my shoulders back to my seat. And I was held there like this. And my dog was in the back and the whole time my car was spinning, it, it, it spun out and spun to the right and it slammed into the middle divider. I didn't get hurt. I, it tore a ligament, a ligament in my neck and, and it dislocated my shoulder and my, my ankle when I should have, there's, it doesn't make sense how I survived that accident at all. And when the car, I guess I passed out when the car came to a stop. When I, I guess I, I must've passed out and I looked around me and his truck was way down the highway. He wasn't going to stop. He was way, 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 way down there. And then I looked and then there was 
the traffic had stopped our way like miles back like this whole thing was just going on for at least 30 seconds to a minute maybe more when i came to i heard this lady screaming screaming oh just two ladies were screaming they were just losing their mind they could not believe what they just saw but i oh and then my dog ran away she ran across the highway ran up the side of the highway they took me to the hospital and I checked out early because of my dog. They were like, you need to stay. And I was like, you don't understand. Um, I found her. She was waiting for me. She, she hid. And, and then that accident, that car accident that I got into the money from the lawsuit, I was homeless for two weeks. I had, I, I'd been kicked out of the man that I was living with. I was living with him. And for whatever reason, the, Deposition had kept getting put off. It kept getting put off. But I was homeless, basically, at the VA trying to get help again. Um, that money from the lawsuit, my lawyers fronted me. I won the lawsuit and they fronted me $6,000 and I started my life over. Started a business, uh, got sober, got custody of my kids, and I never looked back. I know that I have a, a calling on my life to help people. I, I mean... How could I not, you know, after going through all of those things to just not help somebody get sober. And in those moments of your mental illness, because I suffer with mental illness too, how you can survive and not destroy yourself and know that this is this is a good life. You could make it. It's heaven on earth. We're saying that we're waiting for heaven, but this is, this is our heaven. This is our earth. And although it's bad, the cycle of life will keep going. You know how many times the earth has been started over? I would say to hug a tree. I've been through so much to know what you can do at each moment to enjoy it. And even in those moments of frustration when you don't know what to do, you can still, it's, it's still okay. It's still gonna be okay. Knowing in your dying moments that you're not gonna hurt. Even, and even though we see people, we see people, their bodies hurting, we don't, God doesn't allow you to go through that. Even when you're being tortured or you're held, you're kidnapped, held captive, he's there. He's still there. We see the pain and suffering. Yes, we see the crime. Even in those the moments where you think you can't survive, when it's just you, he he's still there. The important message I think would be that you're okay. It's gonna be okay. It's okay to feel exactly how you're feeling. You're right where you're supposed to be. Your life has already been orchestrated for you. You're fully known and you're fully loved. Fully. Fully. Business, I call it handy dandy mandy. I specialize in organization and pretty much being that, that shadow person for you to help you clean. I come and I, I my, the, my clients or my friends rather, I go and help them do all the things that they aren't able to do. So it's twice the work um, and they don't necessarily have to clean, but that's just kind of how it works out. We, I organize and rearrange and redecorate with what you have, repurpose type of thing. Um, I, I, but my other friend, my other client, we go to thrift stores and I'm helping her decorate her space. I feel like your space is one of the most important things that you can have. That's your space, what you're looking at and 
the things you love and enjoy. And you can have it with what you have and or, you know, with some thrifting. Um, I'm also in school uh, online with DeVry University, getting my uh, cert, cert, well, I'm, the ultimate goal is my master's. But right now it's UX design. So the user experience for me is important because I feel like things can be done better. I feel like I use things, the things that I, you know, on a daily basis, how things function could be a little more friendlier. So I'm creating websites and doing graphic design. So my ultimate goal is to help anyone who's needing an overhaul of their business or their website. I've got an eye for design and what what sales looks like because I've been in sales for so long. My creative side is on full alert these days. I started writing with my left hand, which has helped me with my ADHD. So I have a, a an arsenal of tools that I've been able to use, create, that I want to share to help you with mental illness, OCD, ADHD, addiction, nightmares, PTSD, women who were in the military that were sexually harassed. How do you get help for that? Um, those are all the things that I'm going through, that I've gone through, that I can tell somebody else and help somebody else. And the biggest thing that I can, this is, it sounds so weird, and I know it's, it's something that people are like, oh yeah, okay. But it's hand dominance. Our bodies are so, we're symmetrical. So if you're using one side more than the other, you're gonna have, you're gonna be lacking in other areas. I think I would like I would like to create a space where people can come and retreat and do that kind of therapy, the cognitive behavioral therapy with your left hand. But I just tell anybody that I know, anybody that I meet, to practice every day for 10 minutes or you know, three minutes, whatever you like, first and last name, the alphabet one through twenty, and see how it unlocks your brain and your ability to wrangle in those other areas in your life where you struggle. Time blindness, you know, forgetting things. For me, it's appointments. I mean, obviously, I'm, I struggle with that. So, but there's help. There's things you can do to, to combat that. When I get my master's, that's what, I, what I'm trying to do is have several people that I've studied over the years. How has this changed your life? So my fiance, he's been doing it. He started doing it and it's, it's completely changing him and it's the way he handles things. And yeah, please do it. It's worth it. It's and you'll be surprised um, how good you are with each hand, and then you'll be surprised that like you'll start things will start clicking, things that you've never thought about before. All the areas that you're weak in, you're gonna be like, wow, I can do that. It's no big deal. I think there's prophets, and we call him a lot of different names, but there are stories and accounts that that the prophet Jesus, that God's son, was left-handed. There's a, my dad's left-handed, my daughter's left-handed, my son kicks with his left foot. Um, so I've been kind of obsessed. My brother was left-handed, but they made him right-handed and he was held back a grade. He developed dyslexia and uh, addiction. It only makes sense that strengthening those tethers. And then I started not only writing with my left hand, I started drawing and drawing at the same time. I don't know if you saw that video of that young lady who was drawing with her feet portraits of people upside down, one in each hand. She had a pen or a pencil, whatever she was drawing with, sitting at a desk and drawing with each appendage <laughs> and with her mouth. And we can do all that. It's amazing what we can do that we don't know we can do.
it's I feel like it's asking for the for like I, I feel like our God is a gentle person, a gentle being. And those things that you want, if you want to do those things, I, I, I don't think that you have to look outside of yourself to get them. There's things you can do to help it, but definitely, definitely using both hands. It activates your brain. It strengthens your brain. And that's the only way, the way I know how to start. And since I've done that, my life has changed. Things make more sense. I'm better with money. My house is in order. I don't have nightmares, night terrors like I used to. I really, I, I dream if I want to. I choose to dream. <laughs> it's crazy what it's done. I would love for you to do it. And I would love for you to share your, maybe share your work with me. Or, I mean, if you can't, I don't know if you're comfortable with that. But I, I, I want to have people to study to say, hey, this works. This is what we need to do. No drugs. We're not doing drugs. No, we're not doing all that. It's just simply living the way we're supposed to. Mm -hmm.